Hello and welcome back to the movies made us do it. Me and Matt are back. How are you, Matt? I'm pretty good, sir. How are you? I am. Uh, yeah, I'm very well. Very well. It's uh, going to probably be Christmas week by the time this one uh, this one goes out. Yeah. So um, I hope everyone's feeling festive. We are uh, certainly, as of this recording, we are still planning on doing a Christmas special, which will be out on Christmas Eve. Yeah. But we'll talk about that later. For now, let's talk about what we've been watching. What have you been watching, Matt? What have well, you I been watching? I guess I'll start with probably the most un-Christmassy movie. <laughs> Although, actually, having said that, there's the a one, couple in your list. One of the others is not uh, Christmassy either. Uh, so let's start with the uh, Unforgivable. That was the one I assumed you were going for, but uh, there was there was competition there. Yeah. So, uh, so the Unforgivable uh, came out on Netflix this week, I believe. I, I have uh, not watched it yet, but I will say the trailer looks amazing. Yes. That it's, so we've got, uh, it was directed by uh, Noral Fingshet, um, and it is based on a British uh, TV show uh, miniseries from 2009, I think it was, oh. uh, by Sally Rainwright, and that started around James. And I've got a feeling I did watch that. I'm pretty sure I watched it when it came out, and I, that was a while. So um, it stars Sandra Bullock, uh, it's got uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, Viola Davis, uh, John Berth. Uh, Bernthal, uh, Richard Thomas, uh, Linda e- uh, Emmond, and it's, it's basically you. Uh, it starts off with um, Sandra Bullock's character Ruth, who is just been released from jail. Yeah. Uh, on good behaviour, so she's been released early, but she you discover that she uh, killed the policeman. That that's why she was in jail in the first place. Yeah. yeah, so she she was basically serving a twenty year uh, sentence for for killing a, a policeman, and um, her. I mean, from the start, everybody's basically against her. her you know, her, her even her parole officer like clearly doesn't like her very much. You right. know, she, for all intents and purposes, she's a cop killer. You know, sure. the police are not going to be terribly upset if something horrible yeah yeah like i wouldn't call them if something goes wrong yeah (laughs) so she you know she gets taken to a uh, her halfway house where she's got Mm day. she gets told she's gonna go she's learned carpentry while she's been in but when she gets and she's she's got a job working as a carpenter but when she gets to the um the the site they basically someone obviously said that who she is and there's no job for her so she ends up working in a uh, fist factory uh, and she you discover that she has a little sister uh, who she hasn't seen or spoken to for the years that she's been I think it's 17 years that she's she's been in for right so she um, didn't visit or or anything yeah. no and the, the the sister was very small she was only five when oh okay she went in um, so this is one of the things that it is it's I will say that the a problem with Sandra Bullock is character is that Sandra Bullock is in her fifties. I be, I'm pretty sure, I believe she. Yeah, she, some she must be somewhere around there at this point. Yeah, so she she is you know she's not um, a young woman, and it it feels like that there's too much of a gap between uh, her. Okay, and a bit bit too much of a disparity between the. Um, yeah, but I think it's. It, I mean, it's a it's a kind of a, a minor thing because it's Sandra Bullock and she's 
acting her ass off. Yes. Uh, but it, and, it, and still looks incredible for her age anyway. But she yeah. does. She really does. I mean, I mean, and she does. She looks rough as fuck in this as well. And she's, you know, she's yeah. not, this, is not, this is not a glamorous role. No, no, no. Uh, no. So she wants, obviously she wants to talk, she wants to get in contact with this, uh, this little sister. Um, but due to her, you know, her case and that she's not allowed to, she, you know, she, she's not supposed to, of the usual things, she's not supposed to talk to felons, she's not supposed to, you know, associate with anybody from her past, uh, you know, so all that sort of stuff. So she decides that she's going to, she wants to see um, her old house. So, so through flashbacks, you get the impression that um, she she lived in this farm um, with her, uh, her, the her father and her little sister and um the father i believe commits uh, committed suicide and left the two girls in this house um which is being repossessed sandra bullock so, is 57 by the way yes i thought she, i thought so she yeah so it's quite a gap there yeah so um Obviously, you know these people turn up to the house to to, to repossess it, mm-hmm. and at some point, she killed uh, this policeman um, sure. who, who who came in. Uh, she goes to to the house where she used to live, and living in that house now is Vincent D'Onofrio's character, who is a lawyer, and he's married to Violet Davis, and he's like the most. The, the nicest, most trusting guy, because right. he basically like Viola Davis sees sees her in the garden in this in sort of the yard, and she's like, "There's some woman in our yard," and he sort of goes out, and he's just sort of like, "I mean, admittedly, you know, I wouldn't mess with Vincent D'Onofrio." No, no, I wouldn't fuck with him. But however, you know, she could be a psycho. Even you know, even D'Onofrio can only fight off so much crazy. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he said he's he said you know he he he's kind to her and he said she said she says that she did some work there it you know she she did she put up some sort of things and stuff and he says oh you know there was this um i think it's like an armor or something and she says oh yeah i, I did i put that i i made that so they he says oh why don't you come and have a look around and see what we've done with the place and you think wow this dude is f- like really fucking trusting he's gonna take this yeah. woman he doesn't know into his house um and uh, beforehand, they they were doing some work in the kitchen, and they found there was a pair of shoes um, behind one of the walls, which you know was one of those things that people did for luck and things when they built yeah, houses. Yeah. And when they uh, sh- they mentioned the shoes, she immediately looks to where the shoes were in the right. wall. So you know he they 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 realize they, she has clearly been here before. Yeah. Yeah. And he takes her to the bus station and stuff, and she, you know, he says, he says, I know you're lying about certain things. And she says, yeah, yeah, you know, she, she doesn't tell the complete truth, but she tells enough of the truth. And he says, look, I've, he, he says, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm, I can probably help you out. I am a lawyer. He says, I don't really do that. What, you know, you, you, your case stuff is, but, you know, I can look into it for you. Yeah. And she, you know, she meets um, John Berthel, who's working at the fish factory and, she gets a second job as a as a carpenter working in this um this sort of uh 
it's like a hole which they're convert going to be co- it's going to be converted into a, to a, um, a center for the homeless. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, the the daughter, the, sorry, not the daughter, the sister. Uh, she is at college and she um, plays piano, and she is um, she was adopted by Richard Thomas's character and and Linda Emmons' character, and they are loving parents. They're they've got their own. They've got a young. There's a younger daughter which is theirs, and um, the daughter has um, their daughter has flashbacks um, to she knows something terrible happened. Right. She knows there was a a woman there that, um, you know, sort of loved her and stuff. She gets she gets feelings for this one, but she doesn't remember enough. She knows that something happened, and she it's beginning to affect her, um, you know, her playing. And she has an accident. She, she she's driving. Uh, I think she's driving home or she's driving to college or something, and and she sort of blanks out and she's in a crash. Right, uh, and basically, I'm not going to say anything else because no, 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 that's, that's fine. Yeah, stuff in this movie. Um, well, this, this is a, a really fucking good movie. Um, Sandra Bullock is absolutely amazing. She is as, just, as you come to expect from Sandra Bullock. Um, yeah, she's incredible. It's, it's it's one of her finest dramatic roles. She wow, is this, that's yeah, great. it really is. She's she, I mean. She, I've heard people complain that she's like she has one expression for the whole movie. It's like, well, yes, well, but her, that's... her life is kind of shattered, yeah, right? Her I life, mean, her life is, yeah. And mean, there's not well, actually, there's one, one thing, two things I did, uh, one thing I did miss out, which I will actually say is, you know, while this is all going on, there is there are two brothers, uh, Steve and I think it's it Ken. Now these these are the these are the sons of the copper that she killed. And they, the older brother is like, you know, we should, she needs to be punished. She walked away early. She, you know, there's not, you know, we, we were left without a father. You know, she killed our father. We, we need to do something. So while this is going on, there's also them, uh, you know, these two brothers that are sort of following her around and they're sure. you know, finding out what she is and they're, they're, and they're planning on doing something to her. Um, all of the fucking performances are fantastic. D'Onofrio, D'Onofrio, not a great, not a big part, but he's brilliant. Viola Davis is brilliant in a very, in a small part as well. John Bernthal, again, small part, fucking brilliant. It's an amazing um, cast, but it's mostly hinged on Sandra Bullock in this amazing uh, dr- dramatic role of, of you know, a, a completely damaged woman yeah. who's been locked away for a you know, 17 years and is, is just surviving, you know, on the, you know, coming out and, and basically everything, you know, is against her, you know, you know, and look, that's not saying that, you know, she deserves a certain amount of because no. she killed a policeman. So, you know, sure. but you, I, I think there's, there's enough, anybody with enough empathy will, will feel for her character, you know, she, well, and, and, yeah, and and there is an element of you know, um, there there is a not that we want to get into that on this podcast, but there is a uh, a system in place, and someone has done yes. their time. They've they've She's paid their penance, and you know they have a right to then continue their life. Really, yeah. There's you know. there's some there's some lovely um, there's a really great scene 
towards the end, which has got um, the, the 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 sister um, playing. I think it's a Radiohead song. Okay. Um, on the piano while something is happening, and it's really lo- lovely. It's really well done. Um, the the direction is is great. There's the um, it's just a, it's a you know for a dour movie it's, it looks it looks lovely. Mm. Um, it's just brilliant. Sandra Bullock is a, is a is a really amaz- amazing I think, and yeah it's 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 a really um, I mean I'm not it's not a happy movie you know there's I will say that it, it's it, it can can be a little hard going. At I can times. tell you, Matt, that both of the movies I've watched are not happy movies either. So you're you're bringing <laughs> you're actually bringing all the happy today later on. So uh. yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I can I, I can um, uh, praise this enough. I think it's a, it's a mm. fantastic Bullock movie. Um, if you, you know, I mean, if if <laughs> I think if you're a bit if you if you're in a, on a downer at the moment, maybe not. Um, Depends how you feel. But, yeah, if you I, want uh, to see a thoroughly amazing Sandra Bullock movie, then yeah, I would highly recommend this. It's great. In a weird way, when I'm feeling really down, I kind of like to watch movies like that. Because I, I, for for me, I'm like, I, you know, I can watch a movie and just, you know, like I'll watch Threads if I'm really depressed and I'll just be like, well, their life is shitter than mine. That's yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, by comparison, I'm well, doing all right. Isn't it? I mean, it's... Um, it's but this is a movie, I, I must admit, was... was high on my list and and if i if i hadn't seen what i saw available yesterday which i'll get to mm. in a bit uh i i would have watched this and i plan to watch it i probably will watch it tonight now um because I'm, I'm a big sandra bullock fan and i must admit yep. the trailer is tremendous it's a great trailer that's it's completely hooked me in and and you've sold me on it so you know yeah um, it's great it's really really good and i think i think it's 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 very it is a highly a highly satisfying movie it's, it's yeah just full of tremendous performances really great movie mm. well from uh one great set of performances to another um so i was looking i was just i, I watched two films i watched one and then i was like oh, i i could do with seeing another i always find like i don't know why but for this show i always feel like i need at least two movies that's like my minimum it's like it should always be two if i can do that you know Mine's two or more sh- Mine's usually four. <laughs> yeah, you usually bring a lot more, but I I always feel bad if I haven't at least watched two. So, um, I I I'd, I'd, I'd watched Encounter, which I'll get to a little later. Um, and I, I was looking for another movie, and uh, I didn't realize that this was available uh, until uh, until last night. And then I saw it, and I was like, "Ooh, I'm I." The only option was to buy it, so I was like, "I'm going to buy it, and uh, I'll take the risk because I'm pretty sure it's going to be good." Uh, so I bought Antlers. Oh, nice. Yes. And uh, I, I I put it, I, I you know, it's digital. So I bought it digitally and because uh, I was pretty sure I was going to like it. I loved the trailer and I thought this is... Yeah, the trailer yeah, was great. And it's, great. it's been like brewing for ages, hasn't it? Well, this I was thing. ready to watch it in 2019, right? And then the pandemic yeah. happened and... and uh, or was it April? I think it was like April 2020 it was going to come out or something. Uh, yeah. But anyway, it's been delayed countless times because of COVID. So I've been really excited to watch Antlers for, for a long time. Um, so I saw it and I, I put the digital version on and I was like, Jesus Christ, this film's longer than June. It's like almost three hours long. And then I realized that there's a load of bonus stuff 
but i guess when you order when you get the digital version you don't get it as a separate thing it's just at the end of the movie so it just made the whole movie look ridiculously long and then when it was getting to like the sort of two hour mark i was like this seems to be wrapping up there can't be another hour of this um and there wasn't this bonus footage that i haven't seen yet but um so antlers uh is a horror movie directed by scott cooper um and uh quite nicely it, it's based on a uh, short story i think is a short story um written by uh c henry uh chasen and uh, what i really like is that they got him involved in making this film so they were like hey this is a great short story we want to expand it to be a film please come on board and help write the screenplay with us you know, oh, well, that's that's, that's always nice to see. Usually, a good thing. Yeah, you don't normally see that, and I thought that was worth worth pointing out. But um, I was just looking up Scott Cooper, he's got he's done a lot. <laughs> great credits. He's done a lot. Race yeah. Park, Out of the Furnace, Hostiles, mm. Black Mass. Even I, I actually quite like Black Mass, but yeah, I enjoy Hostiles. Black Mass. Yeah, Hostiles, and Crazy Heart were amazing movies. Mm. So, um, Del Toro, you probably think this movie was uh, directed by Del Toro because that was all over the marketing. But I think he just produced yeah. it. Um, so it's this, this, so I always think that's a that's one of those double edged swords, isn't it? it when is. they, it's nice. I like it when they got you know presented by or, or sure because it, it, you know usually you think okay well it, me- it means that they've seen it and they like it hopefully yeah I know it used to be when they somebody used to say oh Stephen King loves this movie and you think Stephen King probably Stephen King if you see executive producer that's when you know they've had nothing they <laughs> yeah. had nothing to do with it they financed it a bit and I think this it. you know it, it's usually a problem when somebody says oh this was directed by that person you think no it wasn't. It, 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 because it's like I think is it the orphanage that was yeah that was another one that was like think that was directed by Del Toro uh, not everybody obviously but yeah they, and, and it's yeah so it's always one of those sort of you know double edged swords isn't it it's, it it really is yeah um but anyway antlers is um basically it's set in a in a a small town in Oregon um and the the movie opens at an abandoned mine. Um, and, and we learn that, that Frank Weaver is uh, running a meth lab out of this abandoned mine. Um, and his young son is uh, is waiting in the truck. Basically, he's like parked, pulled up there to get some stuff from, from the meth lab or, or do some work. And his young son, Aiden, is uh, basically waiting for him. Um, and Aiden hears some strange noise and it kind of scares him. And he kind of uh, he starts to run off and then his dad kind of, calls him over and said what are you doing like i told you to stay in this truck and he said i i, I heard some weird noise and he's like oh that's just it's just me and um his partner who is like unnamed partner uh he's like that's just we're just working it's just work don't worry just stay in the car and and we'll, we'll call you um and in any case uh down in the meth lab uh frank uh and his partner are attacked by an unseen creature uh they, they kind of hear the noise and they're, they, they're then attacked by the creature um but uh frank survives and aiden survives for aiden's also attacked um and they return home uh but their their condition starts to get worse and worse um and the movie then picks up three weeks later with uh, a, a young boy called lucas who basically is like an outcast he's, he's the the quiet kid in school he doesn't talk to anyone he's bullied um spends most of his time just kind of roaming around town um and uh lucas's teacher julia um becomes 
very concerned for Lucas uh, based on the drawings he's made and the stories he's telling. Sorry? Played by Kerry Russell, yeah. Yeah, wonderfully by Kerry Russell. She's fantastic. Uh, she's she's concerned because she sees the, his drawings and, and they have a story time and he tells a story which is like quite dark and it's actually he's basically telling the truth of what's going on but like in in yeah. a in a you know in a kind of artistic way uh and so she's concerned and uh she has um a history of abuse she was abused as a child at the hands of her father who was an alcoholic and presumably mentally ill um he's recently committed suicide so she's now come back to town um and she's living with her brother who's the local sheriff Right. Um, and she feels kind of she's guilty towards the sheriff, uh, her brother, because she left him. Basically, she she couldn't take the abuse. So she left. She ran away. Um, and it's only now that her father's killed himself that she's come back and she feels guilty for leaving Lucas with this abusive man all of this time, effectively. But she sees uh, she sees uh, Lucas, this child um, who, who seems upset. And, and disturbed and she's convinced that because of her own experience with childhood abuse uh her and her brother paul um she feels that it's probably the same for him he's he's being abused so she starts trying to investigate the the, the, the kid um she tries talking to him and he, he's not really interested in talking um and and eventually that kind of leads her to to head to the home um and and try, try and investigate you know what's going on and she asks about town about uh frank um, and nobody's really talked to him for a while, and they always knew him as a shady guy. Obviously, he was running a meth lab out of an abandoned mine, so he's <laughs> yeah. a bit shady yeah. to begin with. Um, and um, basically, yeah, the, the the story kind of goes from there. And uh, I, I don't even know if it's a spoiler because it's in the trailer. Um, but effectively, what we have here is uh, they is the Wendigo. It's the the story of the Wendigo, which is you know a, a person who. I, I I think it's something like it is a person who who started uh, who became angry and and furious and then started eating flesh and then had like an insatiable appetite for yeah. flesh and became this creature called the Wendigo. Um, now they kind of change it a little to where it's it's not a creature. It's not just this creature called the Wendigo and that's it. In in this movie, and this may be in the mythology, I don't really know, but in this movie, the idea is that the Wendigo is like uh it's a almost demonic presence that can inhabit a body and then move from body yeah. to body mm-hmm. so when frank was attacked he he was infected as such by by the wendigo and he he basically becomes the the, the wendigo over time and obviously um aiden lucas's younger brother is is obviously next on that list as well um and uh basically we we, we kind of follow um the teacher uh julia as as she tries to investigate and then obviously comes to to the truth and um we we get to see lucas who basically spends most of the 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 start of the movie um feeding his dad roadkill effectively his dad and his brother he's he's basically trying to look up look after his brother it's very um uh lovecraftian in that way um yeah. i'm trying to think of the book it might be call of cthulhu actually where they're they're feeding keeping someone alive who's locked in a in a room it's basically uh, like that uh, or, na- no not is that the unnamable no, it might be innsmouth actually um, i know yeah i know the one you mean but yeah um so he kind of has that feel where he's he's trying to feed his his father and his his brother um you know roadkill or small animals and he's cutting them up and whatnot um and he obviously feels completely lost but he's 
he's trying to kind of keep his dad happy and and he feels like you know he's a child he he feels like oh you know my dad's going to be happy if i feed him he'll be okay he won't be you know um and and obviously you're probably getting the theme of this movie which is abuse it's 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 yeah the theme is very heavy on abuse both julia's abuse um and and lucas's abuse at uh at uh from his father although his father you do you do have a scene where his father is he's trying to protect his kids he, he tries he locks himself up basically he's like well, i'm losing my mind like you lock this and you don't open it and you know whatever um but lucas is determined to look after him so um i i genuinely loved this movie i i thought this was a really really well-made movie um i think a few of the themes fall a little flat um but okay. for the for the most part uh i thought this was a wonderful film uh the practical effects are stunning okay um the cgi for the most part is stunning sometimes there are a couple of awkward shots um but the way in which the creature exists as a practical effect and even when it's cg it's still uh it's still done very well and the way that the uh the characters react to the creature is very real um the sound is amazing like there's some really nice you know if i imagine if you watch the movie with headphones <clears throat> you know the the, <laughs> the the sound in this movie is incredible as well yeah. you know the sound of the creature and and everything like that is amazing um yeah i i genuinely thought it was a wonderful film with a wonderful cast um, yeah jesse plemons and graham green now the kid in yeah jesse plemons uh he plays the uh brother paul and he's fantastic uh in that as well there's a wonderful mm. scene between him and uh and kerry russell where she says you know <clears throat> he he you know our father abused me like i i, I you know i i had to leave like I, I was dealing with this all the time like you wouldn't know what i had to deal with and uh and and jesse's like you have no idea what you did to me you know like you you literally have no idea and obviously luke uh, and obviously uh, paul is the one that had to live with it all those years after she ran away as well uh it's yeah. tremendously well acted but i think in particular and i'm trying to find his name the the child actor in this who plays lucas is amazing uh jeremy t thomas yes he if he decides to continue acting he could be onto some amazing things because his performance in this film is absolutely amazing and presumably he was like i don't know 10 11 at this point 12 maybe um incredible performance absolutely incredible um so yeah i don't want to obviously give too much away in terms of the story beyond that um i think what i've talked about is pretty much in the trailer so i don't think i've spoiled anything there yeah um now that, that trailer was amazing I've, I've actually been i've been waiting to watch this myself. well this was why when i saw it to buy i was like do you know what i'll, I'll just take the plunge because um yeah you know I, i'm a big fan yeah, sometimes you just got to aren't you yeah well scott cooper good you know yeah good, good director i love the trailer i was i think i'm gonna be happy with this i'll I'll give it a go and uh yeah i was not disappointed um i really really enjoyed this movie uh i think some of the the practical effects are amazing um to the point of being quite disturbing in places um, yeah it's quite nasty in places but i will say it is it is a uh, almost a a study of abuse and a or at least a commentary on abuse um so there are some very horrific scenes in this movie and there is a monster there is a creature and we do get to see all of that good stuff but that's not all the movie's about so if you're expecting constant 
horror and gore you're you know there's a bit more of a story going on here as well yeah uh, but yeah honestly can't recommend this one enough i'm really glad because i've been looking forward to this film since the first trailer came out many years ago now a couple yeah, of years ago now yes i think it said it was finished in 2018 so mm. and i was really worried that it wouldn't live up to you know that that much time looking forward to something when you finally get it you're like oh will it be as good as i hope um but yeah it, it really was for me uh, i i can't recommend antlers enough sweet so what do you want to talk about next matt do you want to do a christmas movie or do you want to continue with your uh non-christmas <laughs> let's let's do one of the christmas movies all right let's let's do uh let's do love hard yes now i'm assuming they called it that for the obvious reason um yes well i'll, I'll... so <laughs> um this movie uh is uh, directed by uh hernan Jim jimenez sorry if i'm no, that's okay you did your best um and it stars uh nina dubrov uh, Jimmy O. Yang, uh, Darren Barnett, uh, James Chateau, Rebecca Stab, and it's about uh, Natalie, who is a journalist. She works for a paper where she does this column where she dates people, and it's her terrible dating life, basically. So she okay, she does the old app dating stuff, and it's you know awful, awful, awful. And uh, she finally gets, um, well, her friend says to her, well, you know, you have to broaden your, you know, you, you're, you're basically, you're, you're in L.A. and you, your, your search is only for the, like, the 10 mile radius or something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in L.A. you're just going to get douchebags. So she says you need to, you know, widen up. So she takes her phone and she widens it to the whole of America. <laughs> okay. um, and she gets this um, ping from, um, oh no, where is it? It's, oh, what is that? It's one of those, it's near, near New York, I think. Oh, I can't bloody find it. Anyway, it's fucking like, across the country anyway. So she gets this, and it's um, this uh, kid called Josh, and he's incredibly handsome, and um, he... You know, he likes all the things that she she kind of likes. So she starts talking to this guy um, and they, you know, sort of have this, these like, you know, like it's like sort of pillow talk or, um, uh, you know, the Doris Day movie or, or um, Trees About Cats and Dogs. You know that movie? Yeah. So this, they basically you know, start this friendship over the phone. So they're talking to each other and they're, they're watching movies together over the phone and you know, and, and uh, they fall asleep together over the phone and all that sort of, all that sort of stuff. Um, and basically they discover that her favourite Christmas movie is Die Hard and his favourite movie is Love Actually. I hence, see. Hence Love Hard. Um, and he, during one of the, these, she wakes up sort of thing and, and, you know, he's been, they've been, the phone's been on all, all, e- all evening while they've been asleep and she said, you know, and he says, oh, you know, I wish I could see you for Christmas sort of thing. So she goes and talks to her friend and her friend says, do it. Go. You Why know, not? Go. <laughs> so she says, solid, you know, I'm going to do it. Um, her boss, meanwhile, is, is saying to her, you know, where am I? Where's my, you know, if you, you can't have a good date because we want to hear about your disasters. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
so but she says no i'm gonna go and i'm gonna go and see this uh, this guy so she she gets on a plane she goes all the way over to um what the bloody hell it is i'm completely blanking on what the hell it is it's really annoying it's one of those places that you like you know from movies and stuff mm-hmm. um and then she gets murdered and then she gets horribly murdered. Uh, no, she does not get horribly murdered. She um, does discover, however, she goes to the house and she discovers that the she's been catfished in that this handsome guy is not the the the, the handsome guy that, that that she thinks. It's the nerdy looking um, uh, Josh, played by Jimmy O. Yang. But don't uh, worry, folks, because he's only Hollywood ugly. He's still clearly yeah, exactly, a very yeah. handsome man. <laughs> yeah, he is, he, he is. He is. Um, she's all that ugly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So he lives in it. You know, he's he's living in his parents' basement, and um, his parents they're, they're, they're lovely. Actually, they live with you know grandma and stuff, and um, basically, she. Uh, they, they discovered that the the guy that um, he was pretending to be actually is a real guy that lives in his town. He knows him. He, they used to be best friends mm-hmm. when they were little, and he was basically just using his. You know, he knows all about him, and he was just using him. You know, so they come up with this plan. She will. She agrees to be his girlfriend if he sets her up with. Tag, who is this bit of a do bro, loves mountain climbing and all that stuff. All shit that she has, she does. You know, she she gets a, a you know a bloody nose from like climbing stairs. She doesn't do any of the climbing or go on walk, long walks and all that sort of stuff. And he's all for that sort of stuff. I mean, he even she the, the literature he loves. He's, I can't remember who the who it is, but there's a. The guy that is his favourite book, and she can't stand this book, and she thinks that the guy who wrote it is an asshole. Right. But she pretends, you know, for the sake of it. And you also get um, this uh, Josh's uh, older brother uh, Owen, who is the biggest dickhead. <laughs> He's a sort of, you know, hogs all the limelight, and you know, does nothing but belittle his his, his little brother. Um, and of course, you know, she helps with all that. And obviously, you, you get your usual holiday tropes and you know mm-hmm. it's it's i mean it's it's a christmas movie yeah well, um, that's what you want though like christmas movies are like comfort food you know exactly um so it's not the best christmas movie you're ever gonna see but it's actually quite good i quite i really enjoyed it nothing's the, the, gonna be better than muppets christmas carol is it Come no on. christ no never it's just like the um, bar that's never going to yeah. be raised or die hard, or um, die hard yeah. <laughs> so Obviously, you know, the the whole die is die hard a Christmas movie comes up all the time, uh, which is, again, which is funny because we have this conversation all the time, um, yeah. and you know, like I said, it's it's there are some almost you know some toe curling cringy moments. There's a, there is there's actually um, it's a, there's a, a scene where. Um, they're in a bar, and she is. Just, she's decided that she's going to go and impress this tag guy um, uh, by not not singing the Christmas karaoke that everybody else is singing, but singing "I will do anything for love." Okay. Um, me, while I don't, do I, no, I don't want to spoil it, but let's just say something happens which 
is rather unfortunate. Okay. And it is very cringy, but it is also quite funny. So right. I actually completely approve of this one. I think it's 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 really funny. Uh, this this uh, Nina um, Debrev, the main girl. Um, she I think she was in like uh, the Vampire Diaries and stuff like that. Which you know don't hold that against her. Um, <laughs> but hey, there were a lot of good actors and actresses in that show. It's, that's it's, very true. You know, um, it's not. I, I don't like the show, but I, I, I managed to watch the first season before I was like, "Yeah, no, I'm done." Yeah, uh, I, I think I only watched a couple of episodes, if I'm honest. <laughs> but I have seen over the years. There's been a lot of good talent in that show. Yeah, that's very yeah. true. Uh, Jimmy O Yang is really funny. Is is as Josh? Um, you know, they're the the, the, the two main uh, main. They hold they hold it up. You know, uh, pretty well. They, I think they're pretty they're pretty believable as a sort of you know people that are obviously suited because they like similar things they you know they've spent nights talking to each other all you know so they 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 kind you know you, you feel the, the the sort of the thing moving towards them and it, you know it's it, like I said it's it's the usual Christmas tropes but I really enjoyed it, it's, it you you could do much worse than than this as, as a Christmas movie it's 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 heartwarming it's enjoyable. And yeah, and genuinely funny. Hmm. Well, we will uh, we'll find out if you did worse with uh, Christmas movies in a little while. Yeah, because this ain't the only one this year. But that's good. Uh, that's good to hear. I, it looked like a lot of fun. I must admit. Um, and like you said, you you kind of there are those tropes with uh, you know the Hallmark Christmas movie yeah. moments, and you kind of want those. You know, that's kind of what you want from a Christmas movie. Yeah, I think so. I, I think so. Yeah, you, you, and there's a certain amount of disbelief and, and oh yeah stuff that you suspend for Christmas movies. We uh we always say that they it's amazing how much higher your tolerance is for bad films when they're Christmas movies. You're like, oh, but it's a Christmas movie, it's fine, you know. Um, but this one sounds like it's genuinely good fun. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I've I've even watched some terrible like Hallmark movies, which are just oh yeah. It's the same story every time. It is like literally the, those those memes, uh, the, those funny memes that people or videos that people do when they like you know talk about every every Hallmark movie ever. They are right. Yeah. Like they yeah. they are right. They're, they're genuinely right. I mean, I I I don't know. I don't know how many Christmas movies I've seen. Is it Lacey Chabot just seems to do Christmas movies these days? <laughs> there are some actors and actresses that just do that. They're like um, they're like Slade or Wizard for movies. <laughs> You know, it's like they just come out every Christmas. It's like, yeah. okay, I guess, you know. Um, what's her name? Oh, I forget her name. The uh, the uh, woman who played Sabrina, Melissa. the Teenage Witch. I was just going to say Melissa Joan Hart. She has got like like 50 yeah. Christmas movies to her credit or something. That I is insane. I, I just... love Melissa Joan Hart. I oh, she's great. Her. She's great. But it is funny. She does seem to have very much fallen into the Christmas uh the, the yeah. Christmas trap. Um, if it's a trap, I don't know. But uh, she does well, do a lot of them. You know, I guess it's, it's, it's paying work, isn't it? It's paying work. And, and I love a good Christmas movie. Like, I don't mind how cheesy a Christmas movie is. That's the point for me at Christmas. Yeah. I, I want to see some cheese. We watched, uh, last year, we watched um, we watched a couple. We watched the, the Christmas... The Christmas Planner was uh, the one that I, I thoroughly oh, enjoyed I, last yeah, year. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen that. It's the David Hasselhoff one. Oh god, yes, I have seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like you know, it's awful. It's an awful movie, but it's, it's just heartwarming terrible. and fun. And you know, because it's Christmas, you're like, ah, oh, it's fine, whatever. You know, it's good yeah. fun. Um, but anyway, I haven't got anything fun to talk about today. It's all depressing stuff for me. 
because that's all I watched last night. Um, so I watched The Encounter, uh, directed by Michael Pierce and starring uh, Riz Ahmed, uh, quickly becoming one of my favorite actors. Um, so I don't know if you've seen the trailer, you'll probably yes. know, but um, the film effectively begins as uh, a US Marine, Malik Khan, um, basically has come home to uh, rescue his two children. Um, and uh, effectively, their their mother has been feeling sick lately. Um, and he returns home and, and takes the kids away, basically telling them she's got a bug. Um, and uh, he then says, hey, we're going on a road trip. We're going on an urgent road trip. He just kind of appears and wakes the sons up. And he's like, we're going on a road trip. We gotta go. Um, and as he continues, uh, we're, we're basically told by him that um, a an alien uh, invasion is taking place. But it, it's it's a, it's kind of under the radar. It's very much a, an invasion of the body snatchers type <clears throat> invasion. It's it's parasitic. It's like parasitic organisms. Um, and the movie, does, the the opening of the movie is amazing. Um, the the direction in this film, a lot of the direction in this film is fantastic. Um, we get to see a lot of bugs and creatures, and anytime he sees bugs or creatures, he's like, oh god, it could be the aliens. Um, and uh, so basically, he's he's convinced that that this is the case, and we're shown that this is the case. There's that there's a police stop that happens. Um, yeah, I think that's in the in the in the trailer, isn't uh, it? Something in his yes, eye. Yes, it is, and you can see you can see the organism in his eye, um, and that ends in in basically him knocking the cop out in that situation, and and they flee. Um, so if you don't want spoilers for this movie, I, there's no way I can talk about this movie without doing spoilers because I can only talk about twenty percent of the film if I don't do spoilers. So um, you might want to skip ahead by like five minutes, but. Uh, effectively this this film is a bait and switch uh it, it's it's right. it's misleading from its trailer um but i'm not sure that's a bad thing because i still think the movie no. we have is very good i just well, think that just... people going into this movie might want something else and get something different mm-hmm. they may not be happy about it now yeah. i was expecting something to be fair i did think that from the trailer i thought it's, it's hinted at it, it is hinted at and i, I was like okay maybe uh you know maybe that will be the case i'm not sure um but i went in kind of open-minded and i had a lot of fun watching this movie anyway i think it's i think it's a pretty well-made movie um but it does it it does very much whole it almost holds your hand in pulling you into this is what's going on to then pull the rug out from under you and say this is not what's going on and it's all in malik's head um But the but it's kind of um, you know in, instead of it being like oh that's quite clever it you know I can see how he misunderstood this situation you know or like he's misread that situation and thought it's one thing when it's actually another. This movie flat out shows you like hey look that guy's got alien things in his eyes and it's clearly aliens um, and then later on it's like oh no that was just in his head so so it, it leaves very little to you know um, misunderstanding or miscommunication. It's very much the movie's made you think it's one way and then takes you in another which is fine um you know what we're dealing with ultimately is 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 a marine with um you know some mental health issues as a result of some some of the hideous things he's seen uh yeah. and in one point we do see here one from one of his uh his 
platoon or, or war buddies who says you know there was this time we were just stuck in this hole getting bombed and we were covered in in bugs and the bugs were just relentlessly biting us and you know all of this and you can see where he's, he's come from um but basically he's taken his kids uh on this this road trip because he believes that there's an alien invasion taking place uh and you know in true mental illness fashion it's an invasion that requires very little proof and he doesn't need to prove it in his mind it's true but he can't really show anyone because they're they're you know they're microscopic or, or parasitic little organisms yeah. um and uh we're, we're taken along for the for the ride and we we see uh his his two young boys jay and bobby again second movie this week uh incredible child actors uh doing a fantastic job and uh it really strikes me watching this movie that not only are they great child actors but they're actually acting their age which is very rare for a movie yeah, I often find like the writing is like kids wouldn't act like this. Like they're not acting like kids would act, you know. Uh, yeah. Whereas watching this movie, I was like, no, they're acting exactly like you would expect kids to act at this age. Um, they I, are I acting think their age. We've, we've said for, for a number of years now that I think the the, the quality Kid of actors are getting better. Got a lot better. We have said that, and it's in true. Eighties like or the nineties. I can't think of the last time I said there was a child actor who was awful. It doesn't seem to happen anymore. Child actors are definitely getting better. I'm sure there are, I'm sure there have been cases. When I go no, in, I when I go back and watch one of my favourite films of all time, Son of Frankenstein, that oh god, fucking no. kid in that is like laughably yeah, yeah. bad. And, and you think, yeah, yeah we've come a long way. We've yeah. come a long way. Um, I mean, the eighties was full of terrible kid actors. It was. It was. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, going back to the forties is probably a bit extreme, but yeah. Um, yeah there were a lot but th these days they seem a lot better and these kids are fantastic as well um so i think if you're willing to to go with this movie and accept the 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 bait and switch as it were or not mm. even bait and switch but the subversion of expectations and the subversion yeah. of, of the the idea it's got a twist but the twist happens very early on that's i think the weirdest thing it's like i think i think that i think there's a difference between this this movie and the one that I reviewed a couple of weeks ago, which was the the one um, I forget what it was bloody called now, but it was one of the um, Amazon horror movies. Oh yeah, where it you know it wasn't a horror movie at all. It was really an actual you know it was it was about the the plight of Mexico. Oh yes, you said it was a good movie, you know, but again misleading. Being, you know, being. Uh, sterilized yeah and it was you know the, the the sort of the ghost stuff was completely incidental it wasn't about that at all that was a uh, that was a i think much more uh hard to deal with bait and switch than this is because i think at least this one i think if you see the trailer i think you can get the feeling that it's probably the not. hints are there and um yeah. and, so the, and think, the other you know, thing I'm is sure, but i'm sure there still will be people that you know, will fall for it and will yeah. be disappointed. Well, and the, the other thing is that the story you're left with is still a very good story. Yeah. You know, you, well, that, we, we've switched from the, one was, story to another, but the, the story is still very good. Yeah, that was the problem with that other movie. I think there was the, the, there was a, still a good story there, but what that what it should have been was a documentary about. Yes. You know these the, 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 these 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 the Mexican farmers and things, but you know it is what it is but this this i mean i i, I did like the look of it and I, mm. as you said riz ahmed is a he's tremendous breaker. he's like anytime i see him in a film even if it's a film i don't particularly like i, I think his performances <laughs> he he does 
he can do so much acting with his eyes and his yep. face like yeah, just he, his eyes he just looks like he's got so much emotion behind his eyes he's so intense in some scenes mm-hmm. with with yeah. very little it's like a masterclass in acting without saying anything the guy doesn't yeah. need to even speak and he can communicate so much he's I mean, he's very quickly becoming one of my favorite he's one of those people that i'm like if i see him in a movie i'm like he'll be great in that movie yeah um, that's that is, that is definitely i think i think his his politics i've you know, oh, I, I can't. If, so, if I if so I get involved in celebrities' politics, I won't like any of them. So exactly, that's, that's, <laughs> like, that's just leave that where it is. But, um, but he, his performances are, are usually amazing. He's, I mean, you yeah. know, the, the, that the the um, the sound uh, sound of metal was it? Oh, he was he great was, in that. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not sure. I didn't completely agree with a lot of the stuff that was in that movie, but his performance was stunning. Well, I mean, he you was, you had uh, you had a or or your good wife had a greater knowledge of uh of, I had, of those I, devices yeah, I, 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 had I had no a, idea so which, to me as a, a layman i was like this is great and then you were like actually scientifically this is bollocks I was like, okay fair enough but i think it's, it's, it was just it was i think it just had the wrong mess yeah it had a certain slant to it that yeah. i didn't completely agree with mm-hmm. but but his performance is yeah performance amazing was again fucking amazing um, he was tremendous and and similarly he is amazing here uh i i would say i think the story overall is good i i think um it it, it does introduce uh more characters later who are all fantastic mm. um and um i mean octavia spencer's usually fantastic i don't think i've seen her in a bad role no she's wonderful uh she's she's really good in this um and again no, she's it's got what's his the angel dude from um Misha Collins from uh, Misha uh, Collins, yes. Supernatural. From Supernatural. <laughs> uh, how to ruin a good character by continuing oh, that show. Just oh, do you know? I I, I still as a, as an aside, if that show had finished in season five as it was meant to, that would be one of my favorite series of all time. I yeah, loved they, that show, they and they ran they it had, into the ground. They had the views; they were still making money. No, so I, guess. I know, but the problem is good for them, right? I mean, I guess the the problem for me is like you know if you how much this 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 was such a great show that they just yeah yeah they just just ran into the ground just end end it when it was meant to end um but anyway that aside uh yeah so uh tremendously acted i will say the the only the only kind of criticism i really have here is that i do feel like in many ways it feels a little like there's three stories being told at once and they're three separate movies sometimes that Okay, okay. Because of the way the alien invasion is presented, it feels like the first twenty minutes are an alien invasion, and then we kind of split between a fun road movie with kids, and then this real sort of dark, serious thing. And sometimes it, it's not quite consistent. Like in some scenes, he'll be and and this again. I I need to think about this a little more, and you know maybe it's because I only watched it recently, but you know it could be because of his issues but you you get these these weird situations where you're like in one scene they're laughing and having fun together and then the next scene he's are he's like almost violent he's 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 aggressive he's terrifying he terrifies the kids that's how people with ptsd it is it is however the kids don't really reflect his actions if you see what i mean so in the next scene they're fine again and it's like are they though are they not a bit worried the way he just acted in the last scene um and there's a couple of times like that it's not his performance it's just like i'm not sure they wrote the kids to kind of reflect his behavior the whole way through although eventually we do get there we we do get to that point 
um and and there are some really really heartwarming moments between uh, his kids and him um and um it, yeah overall i i think this is a great it is a really fun movie um it's got a few issues and and as i said it does it does send you down a path that it had no intention of, of going down you know um, yeah. but if you're you know if you're if you're open to that it yeah really good fun movie well acted uh really well directed in places really surprised and impressed with i don't know why i was surprised i don't actually know what this this director's done but um he you know great uh great direction in a lot of uh, a lot of the scenes um uh so yeah yeah i i, I would recommend worth a watch okay well that, yeah i think i i think i will then i was i was a little like i said i was a little put off by the um you know the because i was thinking do I want to sit and watch a movie with it's obviously going to be a bait and switch, but if you know, I like think you said, what remains is still a good movie. Okay. Well then I probably will watch it then. Uh, uh, the director had pre- uh, previously done beast, which is one that I still haven't seen, but that's got um, Jesse Buckley and Johnny Flynn in it. And it's one of those, um, is he a serial killer or is he, you know, just a normal bloke okay. that's got a reputation. That again was one that I really wanted to say, and I've never got, I've not got round to it. But I, yeah, so I, I, I heard good things about that. So I think he's obviously um, up and coming. To, you know, look for. Mm. I think I would, uh, I, I, if you know, if I was going to pick between the two movies I've discussed today, I would pick Antlers, hundred yes. percent. Um, but given that Antlers is only available to buy and you can watch Encounter if you've got a Prime, you know, yes. <laughs> Encounter is well worth a watch. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, what would you like to talk about next? Uh, I will go for Last Night in Soho. I'm very, very interested in this one because I saw the trailer and yeah. I, I thought it looked great. And obviously Edgar Wright. So uh, It is. You know, so it's Edgar happy. Wright doing, not doing comedy sort of no, horror. No, and that's the great thing. It's an actual, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a national horror movie. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, Thomasine McKenzie, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, Matt Smith. Uh, wonderful final performance from Diana Rigg. Uh, Rita Tushingham and um, oh, uh, what's uh, Terence Stamp. Terence Stamp. Oh, cool. Um, so uh, this is um, we're introduced to Eloise, uh, who is a um, young girl who, when we first see her in this brilliant opening sort of um, song, this this. this um, movie is completely steeped in 60s and 60s music it's the soundtrack is fucking amazing if, if there's one um, thing you can count on from an Edgar Wright movie it's that yes. the soundtrack will be great and also the film will be directed around that soundtrack incredibly well songs yes. are perfectly chosen by Edgar Wright and I hope this movie hasn't you know oh no, it's yeah does not, still impresses yeah so uh Thomason is is parading around her bedroom in a dress made of newspapers that she's made uh, and she is waiting on a acceptance to, uh, I think it's art college in, in London. <clears throat> she lives with her grandmother in, um, in, in Cornwall. And um, her grandmother says, you know, she gets, she gets this, this place in this college. And her grandmother basically says, it, it, you know, it's, it's clear from the start that she is a very sensitive girl. And that, um, and not just in, you know, in a, you know she's emotionally sensitive she's sensitive in that she sees dead people basically she she sees her mother in the in the in the mirror uh, and her mother 
um, her grandmother tell, says to her, you know, if everything gets too overwhelming in, in when you're in London, you know, don't hesitate to come home. You know, just just come. Home. I don't want you, the same thing to happen to you as it happened to your mother, because your mother was the same with, you know, what she was sensitive to. And, you know, it got too much for her. And I don't want that to happen to you. Mm. So she says that's fine. And she goes to to, you know, London. She gets uh, on the train and she, she goes there and she's, you know, she's got her 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 grandma's collection of uh, uh, 60s LPs. And of course, her grandmother's played by uh, Rita uh, Tushingham who was a, another 60s icon. I mean, she was in Taste of Honey. She was in Dr. Yeah. Varga. She was in a, 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 you know, a lot of really great... She's a really a men, amazing actress and re, in some really great 60s movies. Um, so she goes she goes to her, her dorm where she meets um, this bevy of dickhead girls. Uh, her, her roommate, Jocasta, um, who is a complete dickhead to her, um, you know, sort of belittles where she comes from and um gets terribly jealous when that she introduces her to these other girls and um she says about you know oh she's only going by jocasta now and all that sort of rubbish and um she she uh she says oh you know this terrible thing happened to her and about her and her mother and um of course um she says oh her mother committed suicide which is like which to, to her was like a, a one-up thing yeah. so she immediately says oh i had an uncle that 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 committed suicide it's very you know it's like, oh, all that sort of guff. anyway she she's terribly put on by these you know bullied by jocasta and her friends and she decides that she doesn't want to bloody live in this awful place anymore so she sees this um uh note on on a well it was on a board but it's on the floor when she finds it she finds this note that says um house uh rooms uh, only for women, no men allowed, sort of thing. So she she uh, she phones this number and it's answered by a diner rig, uh, Mrs. Collins, and she says, you know, no men, no, you know, all these rules. She says, well, that's fine. I, I'm, you know, I'm I'm happy. I'm, I'm I really want to, you know, to get away from where I am. So I'm I'm you know, more than happy. So she goes to see uh, Diana Rig's character, and uh, she says, you know. It's 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 old fashioned, but I'm not changing it. All that sort of stuff. And she gets this um, this this room, which is quite a nice room actually. Um, <laughs> but she's got to pay quite a lot for it because you know, Mrs. Collins says she's had girls run out on her before, so she wants her she wants like two weeks up front and two weeks, you know, all that. She wants she wants quite a bit to, to sort of get there. And she says that's that's fine. So she moves in. Um, when she falls asleep that night she is transported to the 60s she is uh that she discovers that she's basically inhabiting almost watching or almost inhabiting the body of um Anya Taylor-Joy's character Sandy who is this um bright vivacious girl who um wants to be a singer and <coughs> she goes to the Paris club in London where she you know she wants to she's determined to be a singer in this place and and she goes to the barman and says look I want to speak to the manager I'm I'm you know I'm I'm going to be the biggest thing and when she walks in the Scylla Black's you know singing on stage when she when she walks in 
and the barman say, says to her, boss isn't in, but why don't you go and talk to Jack at the end of the bar, who's played by Matt Smith, um, who, you know, the one talking to Cilla Black. Yeah. So she goes, she goes down to sort of talk to him, and he says, you know, who are you then? And and she she says, uh, I'm I'm Sandy. And he says, well, you know, you know, I'm I'm going to be the next Cilla Black. And he says, all right, then I can help you with that sort of thing. So he basically they they run he they they going across the dance floor when some guy who's hit on her before tries to hit on her again. He calls her a whore. Jack hits him. They do a runner. They end up um, sort of snogging in a, in in the in in the sort of alley sort of thing. And the the next day, uh, Thomason goes in. Uh, sorry, Eloise goes into college and you know she's she's got she's buoyed by this experience of you know seeing this amazing having this amazing 60s uh experience with this amazing young girl mm -hmm. and and, uh, and seeing all these fantastic things uh and she's she uh, she discovers that she's actually got a hickey for on her neck that you know right how could that possibly have happened yeah yeah you know? yeah um from there, obviously, things spiral out, and you see that Jack isn't as nice as he first appeared, and you know he he gets Sandy into some dodgy situations, and from there, you you um, Eloise is uh, you know convinced that something terrible happened to Sandy, and that Jack probably killed her, and meanwhile, she's been seeing this old guy um walking around um played by Terence Stamp who who you know, it's this who talks to her and sort of you know like he he's like he knows her sort of thing and and, and you know he, he's he's this sort of dodgy slightly dodgy old guy and she sort of thinks well you know I, 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 she becomes convinced that this is Jack <laughs> and um I am obviously again I'm not going to spoil anything yeah yeah um, i don't want to don't spoil too but much. obviously you know if you've seen the trailer you know that bad stuff happens mm -hmm. uh this is great edgar wright is you know it's it's not his best movie i don't think but it's it's really good it's it's an it's a um it's it's a it's a really well-made uh non-comedic um, yeah, which is nice because it's nice to see him do something non-comedic. And it's funny yeah. we were we were talking before we went live or not live live recorded. Um, uh, that you know he's he's never put a step wrong before, and it's no. and it's great to see something that's you know yeah. I mean I'm I'm assuming there's a bit of you know the occasional joke maybe, but it's it's devoid of comedy yeah, for the most part. It's a serious yeah. you know it's it's a change of pace. It's great. Yeah. Because even Baby Driver obviously had a lot of comedy to it and, and yes. to it. Mm -hmm. This is a very different movie for Edgar Wright, and uh, I'm really thrilled that he's pulled it off. I'm really excited. Yeah, to see I it. mean, it's it's, it's got um, Dario Argentis's fingerprints all over it. It's you know. Well, you Edgar can't go wrong Wright's, with that. Well, actually, you can exactly. go. You can Edgar, go wrong with that if can, it's later, yeah. but early um, Argento. Yeah, he, you know, I think <laughs> Ed Wright has said before that he was influenced by. Um, Argento and yeah. you know, you can really see it in this the neons and the, the, the awesome. uh, some of the amazing scenes um of of sort of you know through fractured mirrors and things and it, they're very um you know Suspiria like there's an amazing uh dance uh number between 
uh, Matt Smith and uh, Anya Taylor-Joy and um, Thomasin uh, McKenzie, which is um, they're 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 sort of switching out while they're while while they're going around, so it it switches between the two things. And I and I'm pretty certain that it was all done um, practically. There was there was literally through camera angles and switching. It 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 was all you know done like that, and it's brilliant. It's really really good. There's uh, even as a person uh, as on a, a personal uh, love. There's a, a scene where they're at a Halloween party and they play some Susie and the Banshees, which nice was great for me. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Anya Taylor Joy, fantastic. Thomas and Mackenzie, really great. I mean, as you know, like like with the, you saying about with with the the encounter one, it's like you know, there's a lot of her fracture. You know, her her mind is fracturing, and is is it is it all in her head, or mm-hmm. you know, I think you know, I think. Um, not quite so much in sure. this. I think it's more. It, I think it's more real that it is actually. She is really seeing these things than than would be suggested in the other movie. But um, Matt Smith, wonderfully menacing as as Jack. Um, Diana Rigg is Diana Rigg. Um, you know, in her, in her final performance, is 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 great as the is this this, uh, this landlady. Um, wonderfully wonderful shots there's some some beautiful um you know sort of switches and um uh visions that that she sees are, are really really well done and there's there's this I, I i kind of guessed where it was going but only slightly and yeah. i was not disappointed hmm um, it's it's really really good. I really enjoyed it. I think there's there's there is some truly horrifying um, bits in it. There's some some great uh, sort of spooky moments. Um, and as I said, the, the, the you know completely believe, uh, believable uh, in the uh, with, with this Eloise character. She's she's really really great. And and um, you know there's there's a whole sort of idea of you know. It's, the idealized 60s that we you know that we all have in our heads yeah. and you know the the, the reality of, of of what happens to you know the, the sandy character and it's 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 that thing isn't it you know we all i mean i suffer terrible terribly with that uh, with, with nostalgia uh but you know it, you could i i'd like to think that i'm not completely blind to the terrible things that were, were also going on in those in the in, you know in the for me it's the 80s yeah i'm not you know i know exactly i mean i did live through the 80s i was quite young but mm-hmm. you know i i i'm i'm aware enough of the shit that happened in those decades and it this you know shows that sort of you know the the the, the joy at the beginning it's you know turning to sort of like you know the misery that she sort of can't escape yeah, it's it's really good. I really enjoyed it. It's as I said, it's not the best of, of the Edgar Wright movies, but it's it's a thoroughly enjoyable, um, very Dario Argentes in uh, tinged uh, mm. movie. It's really great. That sounds good great. It's, it's re- um, yeah, I I really liked it. And I was really satisfied with the ending. Really good movie. Yeah, I it it's, it sounds exactly like I wanted it to be. To be honest, um, from from the trailer and. You know the the hype and expectations that goes along with a with an Edgar Wright movie these days. Um, yeah, I'm glad that he's continuing to just release amazingly good movies. Yeah. So yeah, I will definitely be checking that one out soon. 
So you're not going to leave us on that because you're going to do one more Christmas film. Right? I am indeed. I am doing. Uh, I've watched uh, Father Christmas is back. Yes. So this is uh, on a movie on Netflix. Uh-huh. Uh, it stars um, Elizabeth Hurley, John Cleese, Kelsey Grammer, Natalie Cox, uh, Chris Marshall, Caroline Quentin, Tallulah Riley, uh, Naomi Frederick, April Bow- uh, Balby. Um, it's yeah, pretty massive, great cast. Uh, so this is. Um, We're introduced to uh, Natalie Cox's character, uh, Caroline Christmas Hope, mm-hmm. uh, who is a uh, she lives this, she's this uptight mother uh, who lives in this big mansion in in, in England, um, and she's married to uh, Chris Marshall's character, Peter Hope, and they have two children, and she has been planning this perfect Christmas uh, for pretty much the entire year, and she has four sisters. That are that are coming uh, to to stay. Uh, so we've got the Elizabeth Hurley, who is the the old. I think she's the oldest sister. She's this uh, sort of fashion uh, editor sort of thing. We've got um, Tallulah Riley, who is a sort of um, she's the youngest sister. She's the sort of the rebellious one who turns up on a motorbike. And then we've got uh, Paulina, who is a um, She's been do- working on her thesis for for years and years, and she's been writing it all about the, the Beatles. She's completely obsessed with the Beatles. Mm-hmm. And then you've got uh, Carolyn Quentin, who is their mother, and John Cleese, who is their uncle. And they've been she, they, they all come together, and they're obviously a massively dysfunctional family. Um, and uh, it turns out that meant like. 30 years ago, um, their dad basically just up and left on Christmas Day yeah. uh, when they were kids. And the youngest sister has been traveling America. And while she was in America, she met her dad, played by Kelsey Grammer. And she invites him to Christmas with them. Mm-hmm. So he turns up with his his incredibly much younger girl, uh, girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and um, chaos ensues, obviously. You, so um, this is high, high, high farce camp. Of course. It's massively over the top. Sometime, I mean, truly excruciating um, things happen in this movie. Um, <laughs> but, but that's the intent, right? I mean, that's, yes, it, you know. it's completely, it's completely, you know, on purpose. Um, it, what, it's quite funny that uh, Caroline Quentin is playing Elizabeth Hurley's mother when she's like only five years older than her. But never mind. Uh, <laughs> um, obviously, and th- you know, is, again, Christmas tropes. You know, there's obviously a secret to why he disappeared, and you know, there's, the, you know, there was obviously reasons and all that sort of stuff. Um, John Cleese is great as the sort of the, the sort of slightly pompous. Uh, it's always nice to see John Cleese, to be honest. Who's carrying? Yeah, who's carrying on with uh, Caroline Quentin's character? Uh-huh. Like uh, you've got Kelsey Grammer being the ever charming Kelsey Grammer, basically. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth Hurley doing the um, slightly aging uh, sex pot. <laughs> um, you've got 
uh, Chris Marshall doing this sort of, you know, the posh idiot. You know, and to be to be honest, everybody's an idiot in this movie. Um, it's really bad, but really enjoyable. It it's just yeah. Every time it it sort of gets too cringy, it does kind of save itself. I think with, okay. with some with being quite funny as well. Yeah. There, you know, there are there are the usual sort of you know massive disasters. They some you know the the electrics go. They try they put the the, the food. They in outside to keep cold and you know foxes get in and just silly silly stuff like that. But like we you said, it's a Christmas movie. You expect a certain amount of yeah, silliness. Yeah, you it goes with the territory, doesn't it? I think. Um, and we're all far more forgiving of Christmas movies. Yeah, I think I, generally. It is genuinely funny in in parts. It, it's some. I mean, I I was. It, there are cringy moments where it is like oh god i'm i'm so tempted to turn this off I, but yeah it, it does sort of bring it back um it, it's directed by uh, mick davis who funnily enough um he directed the um christmas movie i did a couple of years ago i'm pretty sure did he do was that, oh maybe it wasn't him maybe it was the no he did he directed my dad's christmas date which I which I reviewed last year, which was the Jeremy Piven one, mm-hmm. which was which was which was one of those which was almost a bait and switch. Was that you know that was billed as a happy Christmas movie, and it really wasn't. It was more of a uh, movie about grief and and things. That one was was way better. That was a genuinely good, if somewhat miserable Christmas movie. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know that that one I really enjoyed. This one. I can recommend it if you're if you're willing yeah, just, to deal yeah, with in a silly mood and rich. ready for yeah. Like I said, it is massively over the top, um, but it is funny. It I I did enjoy it. It was yeah. It was. It, it, I mean, it, it genuinely ver- verged on times where I was like, I, I I'm almost I should just turn this off because this is too much. But like I said, it it was heartwarming enough that it, it kept me going mm. so of the two christmas movies I've, I've seen this week i think love hard is much better i think that was that was you know a, a very good christmas a pretty good christmas movie yeah. this one is a sort of average christmas movie that is is, is well done i would say it's mm. for what it is that it's a and it does it feels like a very traditional farce which is which is what I did quite like about it. It doesn't feel. It felt like it could have been, you know, made in I don't know any time. Right. In the past, it felt it felt like a very traditional farce. So it was, you know, there was no, there was there was no messing around with current politics or any of that sort of guff. Yeah. It was, it was just a silly movie. Just a bit and of fun. I, I I would kind of I would say yeah if you want if you want to see if you want to see a good Christmas movie I would say I go think up hard first. I think you could do worse than this. It's, no, and I, and I do genuinely. Maybe I've seen. I do genuinely think that that Christmas is that one time a year where that kind of farcical, nonsensical, over the top, silly, cheesy yes. stuff is just perfectly acceptable. You know. Yeah. And sometimes that's all you want from a Christmas movie. Yeah. So yeah, that's great. I'm glad. 
So, I think that's all the films. Is there anything else you want to talk about while we're uh, here? No, I do not think so. I think oh. that's pretty much it, really, for this week. Not, not, not much well, to think. We've done we've two. Got... We've done two recordings this week, and uh, it. We are we are planning another one for. Uh, I think we're recording on Christmas Eve next, right? We are, yes. And what are we going to record? We are going to be doing Scrooged. Scrooged. Um love that movie i actually watched it last year so uh now i have a reason to watch it this year so kind of watch it every year so it's most years not every year for us actually um it, it comes it's in rotation but not every year uh like muppets christmas carol is every year that's, christmas that's, eve without fail i think that there, i think yeah that and gremlins for me gremlins are, is a, a solid one uh, too i will watch every year yeah, I'm Home Alone as well, uh, quite often. Uh, weirdly, Home Alone 2 is the one we watch the most. Um, okay, okay. It's not as good of a movie, but it's way more oh. Christmassy. Like, it's the most Christmassy movie yes, ever. That's like, true. it's in New York with the snow and the turtle yeah, doves. And, like, it, it, it's just so Christmassy. I can't. Uh, and I think I watched it loads as a kid around Christmas, so I kind of associate it with Christmas. Um, Makes sense. But, yeah, and then Lord of the Rings, obviously. Because. Uh, <laughs> They come out. They were that released at Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. They were released in December. Yeah, but it's, like, but it's what you associate with. It. Yes, like, exactly. I associate the with most Christmas. Random things you associate with Christmas. I mean, for me, yeah. growing up, bloody the Great Escape was on every fucking Christmas. Yeah, so, and and like you know, um, not remotely a Christmas movie, but it was always on at Christmas. Yeah, and and Indiana Jones. I always associate with boxing. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. It's a Boxing Day movie, and, and funny enough, I had uh, uh, a another podcast. Um, uh posted um and they they were like hey let us know what uh star trek you watch at christmas and that got me thinking and i was like actually i always associated like um voyage home and undiscovered country as christmas movies quote unquote because i used to have them on vhs and used to watch them a lot at christmas and again it's that like hey like uh Voyage Home feels like a, a Boxing Day movie to me because I would have watched it a yeah. lot on Boxing Day and yeah, never I mean, mind James the Bond, one the James one Bond, Star Trek yeah, movie that actually Disney. has uh, has you know Christmas in it, but I don't watch Generations very often. So no, but James Bond is another one though. Yes, War, yes, Christmas holiday. So it's a holiday movie, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Uh, like you said, the Boxing Day thing was definitely one of those. Yeah, you know, Indiana Jones every Boxing Day. Yeah. I don't know why, but that's always been a way. It's always been the way. Um, Fair enough. But yeah, cool. Well, Scrooged next week. Um, But, uh, well, actually, sorry. No, when we release this, Scrooged later this week. Um, (laughs) But uh, until then, stay safe. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next time.